And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, all you fine basketball people. I'm Eric Corrine. Welcome to Jurassic Pod, where I am joined, as usual, by a reeling Holly McKenzie, who has found out that Harry Styles is not nominated for a single one of the three major Grammy Awards. Maybe I don't I know. I oh, didn't I'm, know this. Am I breaking this my, news? Ah, I'm catching up on, it's been a crazy day and I've also had a bunch of audio issues and I didn't know that. Wow. What? Yeah. He got what? some, nom- he's, he's like nominated plenty, but not nominated, I believe for album, uh, song or record of the year he he was like nominated for best immersive record and isn't every record supposed to be immersive not the bad <laughs> ones they're supposed to be the bad ones don't get there are immersive and are immersive and ambient the opposite immersive you're like in <laughs> ambient is like it's surrounding you i think uh. that's how i would think of it immersive i am i am one with the music Ambient. I have stepped into the room with the music. That Can I tell my... you what the? Uh, what, oh no, hold on. So, best immersive audio <clears throat> album nominees: uh, Alicia Keys, Alicia, <clears throat> Patricia Barber, uh, Cleek or Click, however you want to say that. I say Cleek. Harry Styles, Fine Line. Oh, uh, such a Stephen Wilson, Wilson, The Future Bites. And Anne Karen Sundal Ask and Det Norske Gentekor Stilly Grander. I'm going to assume they're Swedish. That definitely sounds the most immersive to me, just from your pronunciation. But I have a, <laughs> I have a really weird thing to say that I'm now embarrassed to say because I feel like I should know this. But but Harry won his first Grammy. For yeah. this album already last year. Hmm. Did he like re-release something? Were there any singles? I, I I don't know. The Grammys obviously are supposed to cover a very specific yeah, 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 yeah. time frame. So I don't know. I I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you that the nominees for what do, <laughs> what do you want to hear? Record of the year or album of the year? Uh, we probably don't have time for both. We should start. Go talking. quick, go quick, go okay, quick. Okay, record of the year, ABBA. I still have faith in you. John Batiste, Freedom, Tony Bennett, and Lady Gaga, who get nominated every time they do anything <laughs> together. I get a kick out of you. Justin Bieber, Daniel Caesar, and Gibby. Wow, wow. Uh, Peaches, Brandy Carlisle, right on time. Doja Cat and SZA, SZA. Uh, Kiss Me More, Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever, Lil Nas X, Montero, Olivia Rodrigo, Driver's License, and Silk Sonic, Leave the Door Open. Album of the Year. Wow, we, wow, wow. That's a we, lot of nominees, it feels yeah, like. Okay. Yeah, this seems like the Oscar approach to getting as many 
eyes slash ears on the products. And uh, anyway, we are Album of the Year. John Baptiste, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Love for Sale, Justin Bieber, Justice, The Triple Chucks Deluxe, Doja Cat, Planet Her, Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever, Her, Back of My Mind, Lil Nas X, Montero, Montero, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour, Taylor Swift, Evermore, and our old pal Kanye West, Donda. Let's go, Olivia. Uh, yeah. Billy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like not into Billie Eilish. I like I. I think it was just her first album. All the songs sounded exactly the same. I'm like, this isn't. I my really jam. like her, but I also I can tell that I'm getting old because I now have such a like warmth, like like caring feeling for young celebrities i just want them to have good things and 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 the world um to be good to them um whereas before maybe i didn't think about that so much and now i just am like i just i want good things for you and i enjoy both of those girls and also Lil Nas X is just awesome and fun and important uh yeah not nominated for a grammy the artels whose friend nick nurse coaches the toronto raptors uh and Rough week for uh for <laughs> for both of these part- parties yeah huh? i think it's actually just our cows not the our cows so my bad to the fine folks from hamilton uh the raptors are three and ten in your in the last seven games and as three and per- ten Three and seven. seven. Yeah, three and ten is 13 games, and I don't think that's their record in the last 13 games. I think it's more like four and eight or five and seven. Uh, No, no, those also don't add up to 13. Just ignore me. Uh, The Raptors are one and three on their road trip so far, one and two since we recorded the podcast. We both nailed that they would lose in Utah, win in Sacramento, precipitating uh, by one game the firing of Luke Walton. Uh, let's not get it twisted. The loss to the Raptors really got him fired, not the loss to the Jazz, although that did result in somebody throwing up. And, uh, then, (laughs) yeah, then the Raptors went to Oracle Arena for the second time. I went to, no, that's not what it's called anymore. The Chase Center. They went to the Chase Center for the second time. (laughs) I went to the Chase Center for the first time and that game was not close. Uh, and the Raptors lost in San Francisco. To the Warriors. Uh, I don't think any real surprises in there, but yeah, you don't, I, I don't think any huge optimistic signs coming out of a week that we must note was played without OG Ananobi. And that's what I was going to say. And also after my rant about wanting to see Utah, we still have not seen Utah. He, he did speak in Utah, but he yeah. didn't have any updates really, I don't think. And he still hasn't returned or made his regular season debut because it has been a minute with this calf injury. And then we found out that OG Ananobi was going to be out with a hip pointer that he sustained in practice yeah never practice this is what you get for practicing yeah so um kyle lowry was right all along (laughs) so you proved me right last week or you sorry you were proven right when you reprimanded me for wanting the team to be healthy because wishing for health in an nba season what was how do you say it it's a fool's Fool's errand yes yeah i was Um, the fool me this is the fool well, let's let's lean on some optimism. 
for a second. I got out of Dodge to return to Toronto um, on <laughs> getting say get out of Dodge make you laugh uh, yes, because it, sounds it makes like me sound like I'm 85. A very old man. Yeah, <laughs> in a really small town. Yeah. Got out of Dodge, <laughs> Missy. Um, I, oh my goodness! I flew home from San Francisco through Detroit, which. I believe is a General Motors company, so there there is Wait, a. Are you, are you in Toronto right now? I'm in Toronto right now. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I thought you were in Indiana. Okay. Well, that would be weird. They're playing, they're playing in Memphis on Wednesday, so if I skipped Memphis just to spend a week in Indiana, that would uh, that'd be strange. Uh, no, I am so in maybe my. You, maybe you are going to write a week in the life of O'Shea Brissett. Oh uh, yeah, uh, no. Uh, I'm in my I, I'm in my basement. Okay, I did not know that. Um, Hi, Holly. This, <laughs> this podcast is just blowing my mind, guys. Yeah, I'm just breaking news all over the place here. <laughs> they say they say I can't beat Watch to the punch. Why didn't see Woj or or Shabs report where I where I am where I'm recording this podcast? Uh, so although you, although sorry, Shams has been all over the Iman Shumpert beat. Listen, you know who has been all over the Iman Shumpert beat? We'll talk about the Raptors at some point, I promise. Yeah, sorry guys, sorry guys. Iman Shump is dancing with the stars. He is the star. He is the ultimate star dancer. I have to tell you, he was incredible. And I don't say that like, oh, he was incredible because he's like a huge, you know, tall athlete. With a with a partner who's much smaller than him, having to do these steps, he ended up being incredible. And I I highly recommend that people go to the YouTube Dancing with the Stars YouTube and watch some of those dances. My favorite was his first dance in the semifinals. If you're if you're so inclined, but everyone else really loved the one he did from the um. Oh my goodness, what's the movie called? It's the guy who did Get Out, Jordan Peele. Is that his name? Yeah. Jordan Peele did Get Out and then he did another. Us. Us. I can't watch any of those movies. Like, I, I have to completely, like, just pretend that that world doesn't exist because I yeah. scary movies make me vomit. So. And scary movies about the, you know, racial implications in, in the, uh, in this world we live in. <sighs> Maybe even scarier, Holly. Uh, yeah, reality is, uh, the ultimate horror movie. This this podcast is a mess. I, I feel like we are all over. Uh, so what I was trying to say before I blew your mind by saying I was at my home um, <laughs> was I yeah, left sorry. San Francisco on Monday, flew through Detroit, spent four lovely hours in the airport there before coming home. But uh, the Raptors did practice on Monday and uh, reports from my colleague Doug Smith seemed to indicate that Utah Watanabe did go through a full practice on Monday. He hadn't, uh, when we talked to him in Utah, uh, he had not been doing contact drills. So maybe we see him on Wednesday against Memphis. Do you think? Do you think that the turnaround will be that fast between contact and playing? Or do you uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a matter of conditioning, I, I would say. Yeah. But uh, usually, and like I, I feel like Pascal Siakam and pa- – yeah, Pascal Siakam was a different case just because there was – all, there were all these sort of checklists, like all these boxes that needed checking off. So even though he had been practicing with right. uh, 
with contact for a while, he needed to get to these time markers at the very least before he was uh, cleared for a game. I think often there aren't all those boxes to check, especially with a an injury that, while obviously very annoying and very persistent, was not surgically repaired. There's not some right. cut they have to worry about. So I'm guessing, I mean, I would, and I've said this a few times already, I'm guessing it's happening sooner rather than later. And the point is, uh, the rap and the Raptors need, need it. They need it. And OGN and Obi was briefly questionable for the game against the Warriors yeah. uh, before being downgraded to down to doubtful and then out. So you hope he's not far behind if he's behind at all. Hit pointers. From what I've read, I am not a medical doctor. Um, they can really f you up uh, all over the body, not just in the hip. Um, they they f- throw your whole axis off. Uh, Being reminded that every part of your body is connected is always fun when you when you hurt one part. Yeah, it seems to happen in what, over thirty more than uh, than under thirty. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. OG has not had a ton of injury luck in his short career, so we hope to see him soon because yeah, against sure. the Warriors uh, and against the Jazz, we were reminded that without him, the defense that they're playing is awfully exploitable. Yeah, it's not really going to work. It, the thing about the Warriors' loss is we both went into it assuming that they would lose that game. Um, so the fact that it was a loss in the win-loss column wasn't disappointing. <laughs> However, <laughs> when Fred VanVleet can hold uh, Steph Curry to 12 points. 12, 12 yeah, points. One, yeah. three, two one three-pointer t- and 12 and points. And two of ten from the floor. Um you expect it, if it's not going to be a win, you expect it to be a closer game than what it was. But I mean, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins loves to play the Raptors. He loves to play the Raptors. Um, yeah, but... And Jordan Poole also props great. To him. He had 30, 33 yeah. and Wiggins had 32. Yeah, every time um, like I, I looked up from my computer, uh, it was a <laughs> three-pointer, and just went glancing quickly, like... Briefly, Jordan Poole and Steph Curry look alike before so you focus in. State, so you're just assuming it's yeah. going to be. But it was Jordan Poole every time, except for that one time. Uh, yeah, eight, of, eight of 11, and Wiggins finished six of eight from three. That's insane. And Otto yeah. Porter Jr. was five of nine. Yeah, I in my perfect Raptors offseason column, I said the Raptors should sign Otto Porter Jr. Uh, obviously, yeah. it makes more sense that he's in Golden State for his career. Uh, purposes because man does Steph Curry create uh, a <laughs> gravitational force. He is a planet. He, uh, I mean, obviously one player is totally unavailable to help when he's on the floor. <laughs> Whoever's guarding him is not helping off Steph Curry. Uh, and that badly contorts a defense that has become fairly reliant on helping. Uh, and we talked about this last week, so I don't want to go all in on the defense, uh, especially when it's missing, if not their best defensive player, I'd say right along Van Vliet as one of the two most important defensive players, uh, and one of the two guys who really keeps, uh, the wheels on the axis, if you will, um, if wheels go on axes, I think so. I'm trying to remember my, uh. Yeah, geometry um yeah uh and so og ananobi is a guy who's gonna uh 
keep guys in front of him more often than not. He can, he knows when to help and when not. He's very good at recovering. Uh, and what we saw in both the Jazz game and the Jazz do it in a different way because they have Rudy Gobert, who you have to stay attached to uh, as a lob threat, and they have all these shooters around them. So the the Jazz really, I, I forgot if they were taught, if they topped 23s or not, but it was damn close. They won the three battle in that game. Uh, Steph Curry hits one. Threes. Yeah, Steph Curry yeah. hits one three against the Raptors. The other dudes hit 21. Uh, and I think that's baked into this defense is the idea that sometimes teams are going to get hot when you're playing them. But as Nick Nurse said after the game against the Warriors, when guys get hot, you've got to make sure to get out to them and you've got to, and maybe that's where the lack of experience comes in. You've got to anticipate where the ball is going and the sort of institutional knowledge right now, even if the bodies. You know, they, they've collected all these long, lanky, athletic body types, some of which are injured again. Um, even if the bodies are there, the minds right now just aren't attuned to and the best NBA offenses. I think it's fair to say after those two losses in particular. That body-mind connection is pretty important. Uh, I feel like we're like a yoga podcast right now. <laughs> but yes, I obviously yes, agree, yeah. with what, I agree with what you're saying. I wanted to ask you, this wasn't in the rundown, sorry, but it is something that I meant to put in there and was thinking about. Um, are you surprised or have you anticipated or is this about where you expected um, Malachi Flynn's uh, minutes to be? Have you, what have you thought about that? Well, I mean, I, I think I thought one of him or Goran Dragic would be yeah. in the rotation regularly as a like, 16 to 20 minute per game yeah. guy. So I didn't know which one it was be would be. My sort of working assumption was that and we're going back to the beginning of the season here, was that it was going to be Fred in the mid 30s, uh Goron, you know, in that 16 to 20 range and maybe Malachi getting in those like 10 to 15 minutes a night and they'd go have more heavily on you know the multi-guard lineups which they've used so much in the past they haven't done that they've you know delano batten is a guard but he's a different type of guard um i think he's certainly you know still a surprise but he's being his his flaws are being displayed when he's in on lineups. Opponents are no are aware of who he is now. Like his name yeah. is not probably on the actual scouting yeah, board. Yeah. yeah. And when he's out there and Fred Venvely does not, it does not look good. Um because he is just not at the point where he can be the lead creator uh mm-hmm. on on a lineup. They've occasionally put Gary Trent a bit more in that role. Uh and I, I don't, I mean, there's not much of a sample size there, but to answer your question, I'm like slightly, I, I'm certainly very surprised with how it's played out in terms, if you look at those three guys minutes, right. uh, who's played the most as far as, as far as Flynn specifically, like I could have seen a world where this developed. So I'd say I'm slightly surprised with Malachi in specifically, but in general, I am very surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking as the as the um, trip went on. Like I always think in my in my head, if it's going to be a blowout win or a blowout loss, maybe we're going to get to see, you know, him get yeah. some 
playing time. And we did have some of those games. We had a blowout win in Sacramento and the loss in um, Golden State. But the minutes were really uh, high for the starters in Golden State again, Fred. Yeah, I was a bit. I was surprised. I I mean, again, two games off. uh, So two days off, rather, two practice days. I believe they were staying in San Francisco on Monday, and well, definitely on Monday and Tuesday before flying to Memphis. Uh, They were not. They were not um, stopping over at the Detroit airport for a few hours. No, I I think they had. (laughs) They got a direct. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And so Scotty, uh, in addition to Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, I believe, is now 37 minutes shy of matching his total minutes from last year at Florida State. You wrote about this, right? uh, It was a note in my – well, I wrote about note, him yeah. in uh, in Portland and then I asked again following the game on uh, Sunday. And Nick Nurse said, he's going to play a lot more than that. He's <laughs> going to play a lot more minutes. He's really, really young, and he needs the court time to get better. So, uh, yeah, I don't think his minutes are about to come down. Although, if and when OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, uh, Scotty Barnes, and Knockwood, Yuta Watanabe are all healthy, that should help maybe get him down from top 15 in the league to, <laughs> yeah. to something like 30 or <laughs> Yeah, when yeah. You think about it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Top, again, being top fifteen in the league and also third on the Raptors. <laughs> uh, we we talked about this uh, last week, probably the week before that too. But again, like he did not have a good game against the Warriors. Uh, who did really? And then you look at the you look at the uh, box score at the end of the night, and he still had a double double with ten points, thirteen rebounds, five assists, two steals. He just does stuff. Yeah, He's let's, just so, so let's talk, active. Let's talk and, about Scotty Barnes. I think it's important because. I think he's looking a little flat, and that's why I asked. And this is only compared to the beginning of the season. I don't right. think it's time to panic or anything, yeah. but he's looking like a rookie who is being given all the minutes he can handle, <laughs> and it's a lot. And that's not to say he isn't. There aren't moments in every game where you know he he hit two threes, which I'm sure Nick Nurse loved to see against the Warriors. Uh, he had a nice pass to Pascal Siakam under the basket for a dunk to, I, I think it's maybe the only time the, you could say that the Warriors were forced to call a timeout. They, <laughs> they might have, they might have called some other timeouts, but that I believe that was the only time they were quote unquote forced to call a timeout. Um, so, but that first half, the whole game really in, uh, in Sacramento, I just, he's missing that bounce and that zip that we saw in the first few games. What have you seen from him? Yeah, and I think that probably the most logical reasoning would be just the minutes, you know. And it's not just the minutes, too. It's the fact that you're playing at such a higher pace and speed against competition that is, you know, largely bigger, stronger, (laughs) more experienced than you. Um, And the grind of the NBA, like just the travel, like this two-week trip was probably – crazy for most yeah most when we when we talked guys, to him know? in portland he knew the next three games so the three games that have already happened but he did not know what the two games were after that like he didn't know yeah. he did not yeah. know that memphis <laughs> and indiana were following that um, yeah i mean literally taking it day by day i guess right uh, um can't I blame think, him. I think, no no you definitely can't uh the thing to me that is interesting is hearing nick talk about Scotty, I think, is what is 
one of the most exciting parts to me because to have a coach who already trusts and and has this much faith in a rookie to play them this many minutes, to give them this many opportunities, to say to your question, he's going to play a lot more minutes, um, is one thing. But then to also have Nick encouraging him, you need to shoot more threes. I want you to be more aggressive. I want you doing more of that. Just to me is exciting because it shows, okay, people who are a lot smarter than me think he's going to be really good and think he's going to be the kind of great player that he needs to be taking these steps now. And that's it. That's exciting. Yeah. And I think that's sort of the skeleton key to the season and what this season is about for the Raptors, because like every so often when the offense, and by the way, the offense is ranked eighth in the league. So that's not really the end of the court that is, <laughs> that is really messing them up. But every so often when the offense is looking poor or like Fred is bailing them out yet again and late in, late in the clock, thinking, boy, this team could really use Goran Dragic's, uh Do we have a, see, uh, I'm going to take a tangent here. And I apologize. Um, Fred Van, v- I wrote a story today on Fred Van Vliet and the pronunciation of his name. name which Fair, I'm looking forward to reading this. Yeah. I have it saved, haven't read it. Yeah. But yes. Good quotes from everybody. And by the way, if you want to read it and you don't for some reason have a subscription to The Athletic, uh, it's Black Friday week, apparently. So $1 per month, uh, yeah. for the next year. It's the best sale you're going to get this year for The Athletic. That is a um, legit crazy deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, you're really you're really selling this, Holly. I appreciate it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're being sarcastic. No, you are. You are. You're ab- <laughs> you absolutely are. I just I admire people who can sell things because I always feel like greasy and guilty when I'm trying to sell things. So. I would feel greasy and guilty if it wasn't legitimately a really it's, good deal. Yeah, as someone yeah. as someone who hates spending money and who prides herself on always finding things for much cheaper than they should be. I don't like spending money, okay? I'm from a small town. We don't we don't like to do that. We don't like wasting money because there often wasn't a lot of it. But when something is uh, is a good deal, I want to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. Listen to Holly and and not me. Listen to Holly and subscribe to the Athletic for one dollar a month. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so I did a story on Fred Van Vliet, his name pronunciation, how it often comes out as Fred Van Fleet. Uh, and I talked to a speech language professor uh, for the reason why that mispronunciation of a seemingly uh, simple name happens so often. I'm not going to give away any more than that. But in the comments, there were mentions of Goran and his last name. And now I am terrified that I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. Like I've always said Dragi, Dragi, Dragic. I can't even do it. I'm totally in my own head. I've always said Dragic, Dragic, Goran Dragic, Goran Dragic. Right? That's how it, Goran Dragic. Dragic. 
Um, I've always said that, but now I'm worried it's not a ch at the end and it's dragic or something. Um, dragic. Yeah. Like uh, anyway. Well, probably with the correct pronunciation, it is different than how we are saying it. Yeah. And, and that was a point brought up about Van Vliet is because we believe the name is Dutch. The proper Dutch name to pronounce it is probably not Van Vliet. But the way the Van Vliet family would pronounce it is Van Vliet, is Van Vliet, which I believe we should just go by. Like, it's your name. You get to decide how it's pronounced. Uh, but if so we what were, should we go by? What if it, if we weren't saying Van Vliet, what would we say? Well, some people were arguing that, uh, I believe people who know Afrikaans, uh, so Dutch and sort of South African, South African dialect came from the Dutch. Uh, my wife, my wife is, uh, South African. So I, I know this a little bit. Uh, and because the V and F sounds are okay. so similar, it might come off more as Fred van Fleet or van Flight or something like that. Okay. But. I did not get into that. Call him Fred Van Vliet, or as Puff Daddy said, I don't care what you call me, just call me something nice. Um, why I mentioned Goron. Wait, 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 but just, just to be clear, Fred Van Vliet, the way we have been saying Yeah, it, we are correct. We are right. Is the way that, yeah, okay. Just making um, sure. Remember when we found out that Damar's last name, when he says it, is actually Damar de Roseanne, and his entire career, we've been saying DeRozan. I still say DeRozan. And so he's like, I. yeah, it doesn't, I don't mind. Like, that's just, you know, why I bother correcting people. But it's actually DeMar DeRozan. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes a bit of sense, but yeah, it's all where you put the emphasis, Holly. Uh, so, so occasion for- occasionally when I get uh, stuck on, well, this team could really use some more minutes from Goran. Uh, <laughs> You have to bring that back to what Nick Nurse is saying about Scotty Barnes. And no, they don't play the same position. They don't even really feel like there's not much crossover in skill set. There's a bit, but not much. But you have to remember that this season isn't mostly about the wins. And Scotty. Yeah. And what Imagine imagine coming into the league. But not Scotty, and, just like the future in yes, general. Yeah. Yes. But imagine being a rookie that you get drafted to a team that has been very good and recently won a championship and, you know, all of these things. And you have your own expectations and goals and hopes for yourself. But then you also kind of know that the year is about development and largely your own development. That's a lot. Yeah. And I should being also. Being a pro athlete could never do it. Could uh, it. Emotionally, yeah. I am weak, fragile. Yeah, would crumble. Should also instant. say that uh, he's still bandaged around the thumb, uh, and yeah, yeah. how that's affecting him, we don't know. I can't uh, think of what game it was. If it was Golden State or if it was Sacramento, but there was a moment where he was like some wincing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of the win in Sacramento, Pascal Siakam played really Yay! well. How have we gotten this far without talking about this? Well, because I think, like, between the Utah game and the Warriors game, like, which wasn't his fault, like, he was fine. He was, I think he was the leading scorer for the Raptors, but it's not like he was impacting the game in the same way. And I'll tell you, like, I wrote about Pascal Siakam and a lot of the comments, and I I try to read the comments because they come from you, many of you, the loyal subscribers. I don't always engage because I have to stay sane, but, uh, it's uh there's a lot of Pascal always performs against weaker competition 
narratives out there. And listen, I need to like he had an okay. Go ahead, rant. Say your thing. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just need to say this: the way that fans, I was going to say this fan base, but that sounded a little direct, more Uh, more direct than I wanted to speak. That would be amazing. That That would sound (laughs) kind of that would sound like a heel like promo in wrestling. This (laughs) fan base of (laughs) ugly. Stupid okay. <laughs> Neanderthals. Go okay, on. that is not my rant. My rant the, is the way that this fa- when these Pascal fans. Sia, these, these fans. No, no. The way that fans have spoken about Pascal since the Kauai, since Kauai left, and since the bubble season, the bubble postseason, most specifically, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's just not correct. Not only is it not right, a lot of the, a lot of the things that have been said and a lot of the criticisms that have been tossed toward any player, just it's not, that's not how you speak to people or about people. But a lot of the criticisms that are directed specifically at Pascal are just not valid. Like, yeah, sometimes he underperforms or has underperformed in, in the, in the time since the bubble that we've mentioned. But he's just returning from an injury. He's getting his conditioning back. He's had some flashes where he's looked really good and somewhere he's looked really slow, especially defensively. Um, but yeah, like if he's, I, I, I'm not comparing him to, to Andrea Bargnani, but I am going to say that when Bargnani was here, whenever the Raptors would lose a game, it would be Bargnani's fault, even if it actually wasn't, you know, I'm sure you can. Yes. Yes, you can you can back me up here in terms of fans, what fans would say. And I feel like in a way Pascal has become the player that people will look toward and blame if there's a loss. Just like you said, he was leading scorer in Golden State. Um wasn't a great game by anybody and they lost, but the loss wasn't his fault. And we need to figure out a way to get people past this part of where as soon as something is wrong, it's Pascal's fault because that's just not valid. It's not correct. So we need to stop yeah. that. And that's my, that's my take. To whatever, and first of all, 32 points against Sacramento, 10 of 12 shooting, uh, perfect. After getting Eight stitches up, yeah, on yeah. his. Did well, you notice that they were playing, playing Bleeding Love? I, I not only did I notice it, Holly, it was mentioned in my notes. So the game ops in Sacramento, that might be my favorite, like, game ops crew I've seen. They, uh. Really? Yeah, they, they were incredible. They showed the, f- the actual referees after a bad call. Um, <laughs> and, and like, they just like totally gave into the fan angst. Um, and they did something else that was, they played, uh, the kinks during a review, a uh, video review. They played tired of waiting for you. Uh, oh, that's great. which anyway, just great stuff. And I love the kinks. Like they're my favorite British invasion band. Uh, so. Maybe that just had me this all This was in. made for Eric Corrine. Uh, That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I did tweet about it, and a, a bunch of fans from Sacramento did tell me that they've been doing that for years. It's like, legitimately funny. Yeah. It is. It's, I was like, this can't be a coincidence. And yeah. yeah, as long as like the guy's <laughs> not like passed out on the ground, like that's a good bet. It's a good bet. Um, 32 points. Missed two field goals. 10 of 12 from the floor. Missed one free throw was very good in extinguishing and just like 
he had the whole bag on display. He was, you know, doing the clockwise turnaround over both Harrison Barnes and uh, Rashawn Holmes. He was getting to the rim. He dropped, I think, all three of his attempts from three fell. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was great. And it's important to be reminded of that because when we have a conversation about Pascal Siakam and on his place on this team, we should be able to consider both the good and the bad, not just the bad. And I do think there's a legitimate conversation to be had about how he fit in as a second scoring option or a third scoring option versus how he is as a first option. Like he was this paragon of efficiency that year he broke up, broke out. And he was, you know, true shooting percentage up in the sixties. And and since he's become a first option, as you would expect, and as all but the true, true superstars do, he has gone into the low fifties. And by the way, OG Ananobi, who everybody loves, and I think has a very bright future in this league, is basically doing the same thing this year. His true person shooting percentage is not very good. And these are nor it was his se- it was his third season that was abnormal. It was the next few seasons and and I think in the bubble you can say he played poorly. I think that's fair. I think last year he played mostly fine and couldn't hit a three-pointer to save his life. And this year I think there have been as many positive signs as negative signs. I think the defense is very valid. And if you want to get caught up in the contract, I think 29 out of 30 teams in the Raptors position reward that guy following a championship with the exact same contract they gave him. The 30th team is the Phoenix Suns, who did not give that contract to <laughs> wow. DeAndre Ayton. Wow. Did you did you have that planned? Or I've been just... thinking about it for the last 10 minutes since we started the Siakam <laughs> conversation. Since I started my rant? That's why you weren't backing me up on my... I, on my I, just, um... I just wanted to let you go. I just wanted to, <laughs> to, to feed the fire. No, but that's that's the one one thing I don't like about us, us being the public fans, whatever, um, knowing contracts is that there becomes a weight attached to it that isn't always, it's just not, it's just not fair. It doesn't hold, it doesn't hold because like you said, 29 out of 30 teams aside from the Suns, uh, that was very good. I, I wasn't expecting that. Um, they have these contracts to give and they're going to give them to players. And there are only, you know, five or six players in the league that actually perform to a degree where no one is ever going to, question or bring up the contract you know like yeah um but maybe maybe every team should be imitating the suns they're the best team in the league right actually you know what's crazy is that no one has been talking about this i i i I follow the nba pretty closely i watch games every night and it occurred to me like earlier this week that they had won i think it was 11 i think they're at 12 now i think i think they're at 13 okay yeah Maybe maybe that's not right. But yeah, I was stunned. I was like, why is this not a story? Why are we talking about LeBron not playing at the Garden? Oh, look at that segue. That was on our notes. How was that? Very was good. That um, yeah. I, I, will, I will suggest that the actual reason for that is because the Suns made the final last year and nothing really changed about them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, good team is still good. And, and there's all this, and I'm not backing it up. I'm not supporting it, but like because of the injuries last year, there are questions about 
how much of that was quote unquote deserved and earned and how much of it was a product of uh, injury based circumstances. And so there's a lot of let's see it in the playoffs, kind of like there was with the Bucks last year. And frankly, kind of like there will be with the the Bucks this year. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, you get a championship, you can't take it away, but I think the common narrative, you know, if they lose to the Nets or lose to the Heat, it'll be like, oh, they they won the only year that no other team could stay healthy. Um, That's all besides point. Phoenix is good. And I think Golden State has swallowed up most of the awesome team uh, discourse. One, because Steph Curry is just a bigger star than anybody on Phoenix. And two, because it's new. It's new compared to the last two seasons, at least. Uh, And it's like, everybody loves talking about Steph, and they play a very different, very attractive way. And everybody's kind of been like you pull most people pull for stuff. He's like a baby face. And I mean that both in the way he looks, but also like his persona. And I, none of this uh, like is a criticism, but there's more to say about them and the possible well, I think addition. I think there's more of a history there where you're yeah. looking at a team that is one and you want people are curious to see, are they going to get back? Clay, Clay's return is somewhere closer. The- yeah. Although Steve Kerr did deny the reports yeah, yeah, that was of so weird. contact uh, being that was weird okay. The report came out and then he, he refuted it. But yeah, I think there definitely is more of a storyline there just because people want to see if they're going to make it back. Um, but yeah, I was surprised about the Suns. Good for the Suns. Did you see the Milwaukee Bucks uh, Orlando Magic score on Monday night? I saw a screen grab of where it was in the third quarter. I don't know where it finished. Yeah, it finished a bit closer, but at halftime, I think it was like 74-42 or something. <laughs> like, it was just it was just one of those crazy... Uh, so the, crazy bo- the Bucks aren't going to finish 10th in the East is what you're indicating? <laughs> yeah, uh, Yeah, the Bucks and the Hawks are going to be good. And that was distorting the East standings for a while. Uh, it won't for long. Uh, they may have been wrong about... About the Raptors finishing fifth, and we'll see. Uh, yeah. Um, before we get into more Raptors, uh, do you want to talk about LeBron and and Beef Stew? Uh, it, it seems <sighs> like you stew. do. That is an insane name. Like yeah. I did not know that was a thing, and then I had to read it a couple times, and then I realized, oh, stew. Yeah. Burnt. Yeah, it's the second. It's the second best nickname in the league behind the first, the Off Night is the best nickname. What's Off Night? That's uh, Davian Mitchell's name, nickname. Oh right, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, have you seen Cole Anthony's walk off interview? Sorry, I know we're died. We're we're skipping, but now that you said a random thing, I wanted to see. Like the one from a few weeks ago. The one from like every night. He does this like every game. Okay, They're I've incredible. I've only seen one. Yeah. I think we've talked about it this, so. Maybe we did. I'm sorry. They're just my favorite thing in the NBA this year. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, if you watched pro wrestling, it would explain everything about (laughs) all of this. Uh, LeBron and Beef Stew. Thoughts? I bet that that, um, Adam Silver really did not. (laughs) Didn't want to suspend LeBron? Didn't feel good seeing the the Lakers schedule and seeing MSG on on the docket. Uh, But yeah, I mean, yeah. Personally, I think that LeBron probably 
should have been suspended more than a game. That was a dirty play. Um, it was, and it was shocking because I don't, I don't think we see that from LeBron very often or really at all. Um, yeah. Probably just frustration, but the replay, um, the overhead shot of the free throw line was so bad, and I absolutely understand why. Um, Isaiah Stewart. Why Stewart freaked out? Yeah. Now you can't do that. Uh, you've got to because there. He had multiple opportunities to be talked down by teammates and coaches. Uh, the very patient Dwayne, Dwayne Casey. Uh, Seriously, and- shout out to Dwayne Casey, who after the game was like, I just like, you know, I didn't want him to do, like, he didn't want him to do something that like would define his career, you know? Yeah. In, uh, that home court, if not that same, not that Seriously. there, not that there was ever a risk of, that no, 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 no. happening again, of course. By that, I'm referring to that, the malice. Just of the, saying, yeah, it was dirty play, and if really you're, mad. it's a dirty play. And if you're a really competitive guy, uh, yeah. it's gonna set you off. Um, in other news, what did you think? What did you think about the about the punishments? Not surprised about what happened. I think you had to suspend both of them. Um, yeah. Do you not, think one game was enough for the elbow? I guess, I guess it is. I mean, is there a hu- is there a huge history of suspending guys more than that for like no, a non so a non punch? Like, looks... think how many times that Serge Ibaka tried to punch people <laughs> and was suspended for one game than them. So, like, yeah, yeah, he no, couldn't... that's fair. It just looked so bad, and I think that's part of it too. Is that like depending on the angle you get, it can really like it can affect how you how you view something, you know. And that replay just looked really, really good. Yeah. Well, what do you think Rich Paul was thinking when that happened? Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, (laughs) can you explain? Okay. I have to tell you, I've had more than one person message me after your tweet yesterday in which you said. I I didn't know that Adele and Rich Paul were dating. And they said, does Eric only see his own tweets? Like a variation of like, does he only see his own tweets? Does he... Does he look at a list where there's no one else like tweeting about? How did you not know this? Why are so many people tweeting at to you about me? They weren't tweeting me. They messaged me. Okay. Those people that mutually know us. Well, they could just I ask. Will, they could just pre- ask me. I will protect me. their honor. Yeah, that, that, that's their, ident- their identity. They could just ask <laughs> me. I'm, I'm pretty approachable most of the time. I think it was just like a surprise because we were talking about Adele, which is how it came up. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was like independently of that. I mean, I, but, can't, uh, I can't tell you how it happened. I obviously don't only see my own tweets. Was I like <laughs> glued to Twitter during the playoffs when she was uh, obviously courtside a few times? No. Uh, and she was, and she was courtside at a Lakers game recently. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell people. Photos yeah, and her album release, like, like I don't, I don't of, care. Tons of discourse about it. A lot of, a lot of memes. Um, our friend Becca, the wife of our friend James, yeah, who said, you know, the thing about this album is imagining that it's about Rich Paul, which it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like none of it not, is. It, yeah, it sounds like yeah, it's it's, it's not, about her divorce, about her kid, <laughs> and about some like bad acts in between the divorce and Rich Paul. Uh, it's not, although it would be pretty, uh, it would be very NBA to have like, you know, one of the biggest stars in the world have a, have an album dedicated to LeBron's manager. That would be extremely NBA, but it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, really I, I can't explain it. I, it's not an effort. Like I'm not trying, <laughs> I, I, like I don't, I don't typically read gossip news or, uh, like celebrity gossip, but 
I would expected this. I would have expected this to <laughs> uh, enter my world somehow. And by sheer force of luck <laughs> and obliviousness and whatever, I avoided it. And now all I can think of is that Adele is giving Ben Simmons negotiation tactics. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think we've talked about Ben Simmons in every, in every, uh, you know, it's fascinating. Uh, the Raptors, they play in Memphis on Wednesday. Uh, they play in Indiana on Friday and then they come home, I believe for the start of a seven game homestand, I think. Uh, which makes sense because they have, will have played six on the road uh, to play Boston on Sunday. Your favorite team, Holly. Yeah. Uh, again, again. How how is it Boston again? Well, at least it's not in Boston. Those games are yeah. done done for the year, unless there will be a playoff meeting, uh, which I'm sure you would take well. Uh, <laughs> imagine like a play in game in Boston. No. <laughs> uh, no. The like the Boston loses the seven eight game. The Raptors win the. Eight, the nine ten game, and then you have the eight nine winner. No. Winner goes home in in TD Garden, the Toronto Dominion Garden, uh, to uh, to play the Celtics. That'd be absolutely not. Watch if this happens, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm willing it into existence <laughs> just just for content. Uh, what you what you looking for this week, Holly? Other than full health, which would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking for Utah. I, again, I think that's what I said last week, but I really want to see him return. And I'm curious to see, like, when he does return, if he'll, like, how long it'll take him to, you know, get his conditioning back, but then also, like, you know, just get some time with this team and the style they're playing and new teammates and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I just want to see a more, a 48 minute effort that's the same you know yeah again with the team i don't think it's that it's not i don't think it's a lack of effort but the way the games have been going where there's just some stretches where they look really good or at least you know pretty good and then it just kind of collapses on itself especially defensively that i'm i would like to see a little more consistency throughout i do wonder if like and the detroit the detroit game which they lost is sort of a counter argument to this, but like when they play good three point shooting teams, are they just going to look awful? Uh, because they can't get out to shooters quick enough. Uh, and Nick, Nick, maybe Nurse that'll is, get better. Like, yeah. And Nick nurse has repeatedly on, you know? said, he expects it to get better. He's seen examples yeah. where it's better. I think we have anecdotally too, but like, that's my worry. My big worry right now. And that's because they're 21st defensively and <laughs> they, this team gets killed on occasion by three-point shots and it doesn't seem like they're lucky three-point shots like you look at the golden state game and that's an extreme example but wiggins and Poole and especially porter were taking wide open shots and the portland game was annoying because it was like they weren't hitting those shots and then the second the second the fourth quarter started it was just a flurry yeah and yeah so I think that that is baked into this defense is the idea that there will be those moments where they give those shots up, but it just can't be to, it can't be. Yeah, exactly. And so if you have top five, top seven, three point shooting teams and you're giving those shots up, even to a smaller extent, uh, it would seem to me that the math 
stops working very quickly. And the math that they're, and I wrote about this against Utah, the math that they're trying to create with turnovers, with offensive rebounds, like they, against Utah, they had more than 14 shots, uh, or they had 14 more field goal attempts than the Jazz. But if you lose the three-point battle by nine three-pointers, that's 27 points, you're giving up that completely, right? Like you're, it doesn't, matter if you had 14 more field goal attempts because you're down 27 yeah, points can't match. and can't match. that's not what's happening on it that's not what is happening on a nightly basis but if they're susceptible to this and that's proven consistently to be true especially once they go healthy it's going to be a problem um yeah there's a reason why the three-point shot is so crucial in today's nba and not to not to circle all the way around and put a bow on this if you will. But again, it makes me think of Nick telling Scotty he needs to take threes. Because yep. being a threat from three uh, is uh, is a really important part of the start thing. Yep, as Nick Nurse said, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's launch those threes. Let's get that Pascal Siakam one for 27 stretch out of the way so he can start <laughs> shooting 35%. Yeah, they've been there. They they uh they went through that and that was awesome. <laughs> uh, that well, wasn't awesome. It was awesome to look at to look at the uh, look at it in hindsight. Yes. Yeah. 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 When you can look back on the journey from uh the top of the mountain, it's pretty cool. Uh right now I did we not are- expect to uh bring up Andrea Bargnani in this in this uh week's episode. Thoughts? Yeah, um I didn't expect you to either. Maybe we can make it a running segment. You know what I mean though, right? Like just well, he became a lightning every, rod. Yeah. Like, that's the term I was thinking yeah, of. Is, in my head, I was thinking of a, that's the term. Right? And now he was a lightning rod for, for, and, a reason. And for a reason and a player who had done a lot less for a team that had done a lot less. And anyway, we've, we've talked about it. We've talked about how money comes into play. We've talked about how the notion of paying a player like a certain player, even when there's an artificial maximum cap placed on how much you can pay a player. Rest assured, Mm -hmm. if the Raptors did not sign Pascal Siakam to that salary, uh, even if he had the exact same year that he had that ended in the bubble, some team would have offered him a max contract. Many teams, yeah. Uh, So it's fine. That doesn't mean we can't analyze his game. That doesn't mean we can't criticize his game on occasion. But I think we have to take a holistic view of things. And, and when, say, he's a max player, acknowledge that does, that doesn't mean he has to be a top five or top ten player. We don't have to compare him to those guys. We do have to compare him to the percentage of the offense and defense he's being expected to carry uh, and uh, go from there as he gets into better and better shape and better conditioning and uh, just better form, we hope. More I like how you're able to be calm and well-reasoned when you say this. And meanwhile, I just like my emotions come out and I just get mad. So you probably well, should have had this. You probably should have led this conversation. Yeah, it'll be okay. I, I like a good rant every so often. Um, yeah, we need that. Uh, nobody wants to hear uh, shades of gray. Uh, I don't wow. think that do- I don't think that does well on on <laughs> audio format. Uh, we all we all just want hot takes. That's why my old podcast was called ta- called what it was called. Um, our old <laughs> podcast. Uh, this is not that podcast. This is. 
Jurassic Pod, once again, a dollar a month. <laughs> You're crumbling over the over the pressure of promoting something. It's a dollar a month. It's a freaking steal. Think of all the readers that are all the writers that you can read, all of the teams that you're going to get to follow the features. It's the features. That's my favorite part. Yeah. It's a deal. Can I find out how, uh, uh, as speaking of my old podcast, has Blake uh, put it this morning, only a dollar per month to find out how a guy with a very easily pronounceable last (laughs) name pronounces his last name. It's a steal. (laughs) Uh, Holly, we'll do this again next week. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, y'all. See ya! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.